Uh, All right, now we're recording. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, God, I'm exposed. Exposed. I'm just saying, sun's out, gun's out. That, it, that'll definitely bring in there viewers. I, I don't think our viewers want to see all of this. Oh, <laughs> yes, they do. I think yes, specifically one viewer wants to see all of this. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't like to share, so I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Anime Club After Dark's Movie Reviews, a discussion detailing the good, the bad, and the downright ridiculous of anime movies. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and tonight I am joined by our czar of source material, John. Don't mind me. I'm just adjusting my mic settings right as we start. (laughs) (laughs) Prepared. I I didn't even check mine before we started, but I think it's good. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. We're prepared today. I hope mine hasn't changed. It shouldn't have. Hopefully, Sounds well, we'll find out. Well, I guess we'll find <laughs> out. Uh, and we also have our lover of nostalgia, Chinoda. Hello, boys and girls. How do you do today? So today... How does that relate to today's topic? I don't understand. Where did you come up with this name? Because the only reason he likes Susan May is because of nostalgia. <laughs> what are you talking about, John? There's so much nostalgia in it. Oh, it, it that's... Yeah, okay. Themes yeah. of nostalgia. What the... And Bro, I didn't grow up with those music. You're right. P- prepared my ass. Jesus. <laughs> we're recording? Thought what? ahead, bro. What? what? We're recording? But no, um, reluctantly, we're all here. To, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, to oh, review, fuck, dude. <laughs> to review uh, Makoto Shinkai's most recent movie, uh, Suzume. Um, and uh, so we've been doing this with our EVA reviews that we've been doing over the last uh, couple of months. Um Going forward, I think with our movie reviews in general, um, we are going to move to like a half spoiler free, half spoilerific discussion. So the first half of all of our uh, movie reviews going forward are going to be um, spoiler free. So if you haven't seen the movie, do feel free to you know stay stay tuned. Um, and then about halfway through, once we get done talking about um, the technical stuff and kind of the stuff you might see in trailers regarding the story, um, we'll move on to an actual spoiler. Uh, section where we'll also announce it before we start talking about spoilers so it'll give you a chance to uh, to click off if you uh do care about that um so with that out of the way let's actually talk about susan may um so this is both uh directed uh written and well i guess co-produced by uh makoto shinkai uh by his Could production you- studio oh. comics wave film comics wave films um and it originally premiered in Japanese theaters back on November 11th of 2022. And it has finally premiered here in North America, um, April 14th, 2023. Um, all of us, I think, even Natai, who's not here, um, he wanted to be on, although because of circumstances, he couldn't be here with us today during the recording. Um, we all got a chance to see it in theaters. Um, I think, I don't know, you guys can tell me otherwise, but I think I'm the only one who saw it in IMAX. Yeah, I did not. So um, I think it was in our WTF that we talked about this, but I, I'm actually like legally blind in one eye, so I can't see mm-hmm. like 4D, 3D, real Mac stuff. Mm-hmm. So because of that, I watch movies in standard, so I don't waste extra money because I can't. I don't notice a difference anyway, other than yeah. it's kind of blurry. F- but fair enough. Um, I will say Susan May is the first anime film in a while that I've actually seen in theaters because... For the most part, prior to Suzume, prior to your name, um, I would say that anime movies just were just few and far between releases around in theaters because, you know, they don't make much money yeah. uh, until like until your name, because that kind of just like took the world by storm. It blew up. It, it really did. And now we can get like anime movies everywhere around me. So I haven't seen and it's usually one within I- like two, three, maybe four months of its release in Japan. Yeah, which is actually pretty awesome. Like, prior to watching Suzume in theater, I think the last one I watched was like Ponyo, a Studio Ghibli mm. film, which is like Ghibli film is kind of like a Disney thing. So yeah, that's why we have. And of course, it. they have the the Ghibli Fest every year now too, where they release. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, they're Ghibli actually um, theaters. The theater that I went to to watch Suzume actually was doing a Ghibli Fest, and I believe, I believe it's Totoro this month. So yes, it is. Uh, it was Totoro in April because um, oh, the theater okay. I went to was doing the same thing. Um, oh wow i guess it's like a worldwide or a, a nationwide launch thing it's it is kind of, i didn't know it, that yeah i thought it was it's, like it's, yeah. it's in north america they got it in canada and uh, mexico as well 
I did not know oh, that. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that I is actually a cool thing that they do with Ghibli movies. I don't remember if I've watched it in IMAX or not, just because it's been a while. But I mean, Was it's... the screen two stories tall? Dude, this was a while ago. I don't remember shit. <laughs> no, I remember. You, I, I'm pretty sure you didn't watch it in because you hate 3D Romax stuff. Like IMAX. Just because I might hate it or dislike it doesn't mean I won't watch it. Bro, check it the receipt. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go to the WTF episode and I'm gonna find it. Right? I'm gonna <laughs> post the receipts. Again, uh. just because I might hate it or dislike it does not mean I'm unwilling to watch it in that form. It okay. just means I'm less likely to. But it really depends on the availability and convenience. For me, the only reason I watched an IMAX was, well, really two reasons. There's a new theater near me that actually was built with an IMAX theater. Like, it, it was built to have an IMAX theater in it. Um, and I wanted to try it out. And also, uh, the only showing that was at a time I really wanted to go see the movie at was only available in IMAX. So, eh. that's fair. Um so this movie was uh, couldn't find any like budgetary information on it, and we probably won't have any like solid budgetary information on it for a while. Probably not until it releases like on home video here in North America. Oh, you tell me you didn't just like add Makoto Shinkai on Twitter and ask him? <laughs> no, I didn't. Strangely enough, um, however, as of May third, twenty twenty three, uh, Suzume has had a worldwide box office take of three hundred and nineteen point three million U.S. dollars. It is what is it forty million dollars away from overtaking. Right. Your name as Makoto Shinkai's most financially successful film. Yeah, that's the. Uh, it was an article that I, it was on Crunchyroll. Actually, I read that where it's like it's just forty million away from overtaking Your Name, his most financially successful uh, film. And I'm like, wow, that's actually kind of insane, right? Like, yeah, because he's released Weathering with You, and is there another one in between Your Name and Weathering no. with You? No, no, it's no? been Your Name, Weathering with You, and basically the same three movies and like, three okay. times in a row. But so, and I, I believe Weathering with You did not perform as well as as Suzume has. No, but it didn't do terribly either. I know it was like it was a moneymaker, but I think it ended up making like 150 million, 200 million somewhere in that range. So I can't bad. imagine that these films cost more than like 50 million dollars to to make. Like, I I wouldn't I wouldn't assume so either. I I would say like yeah. 50 million tops. And that's like a really like out there estimate. Anyway, this particular and movie the has more runtime. movies you make, the cheaper it gets to produce. So, especially yeah, with art assets movie. and all that. Yeah, depending on the movie, but like most of the time, oh. it does stay that way. I'm, I'm assuming the costs have only gone down. Mm, I wouldn't mm, say so. Mm-mm. No, you don't think not so? with animation production. No, it's it's only no. gone up. With certain aspects of like live action film production, they have gone down over the years, but not with animation. Um, animation seems to be getting only more and more expensive as, as we go along. Uh, this because well, it's however... like, um, so oh, I'm a side ahead. tangent for a second. Okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. When it, when it comes to like technology stuff, it's because with like, for example, video games, we yeah. before we could only fit so much in a file. So people had to be efficient with how they did stuff. Well, yeah. when we have stronger technology, we don't have to be efficient anymore. We can just be lazy and produce it the same, like better, produce it faster at a cost of like, it's going to cost you more. So that, that's <laughs> Redfall. <why. laughs> I, bro, it's not the WTF. Let's not talk about Redfall. <laughs> I, I told I you it was going to happen. I told you. I told you. Bro, I, I had so much faith because Arcane Studios, Dishonored. I love Prey. Prey is amazing. I uh, knew it was going to happen. But uh, anyway, um, yeah. So total runtime, 122 minutes. Um, wow, it was a two hour long film. Yeah. Yeah. It, did, it, it was did just not seem like two that. hours. I honestly, oh, oh, it seemed exactly like two hours. <laughs> oh, we're gonna okay. okay. Oh, you can we'll, tell. We'll oh, you guys bit. can tell who has what opinion right now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I personally, I mean, of course, Makoto Shinkai, beautiful animation, beautiful cinematography, great backgrounds. I loved hmm. the effects of everything. It looks like a fu- it's fucking Makoto Shinkai. Goddamn, how much? I think it, how many it, more times is... do we need to talk about this? <laughs> If this, we if this don't. Is, this That's is why. one. This is one point where I think we're all gonna agree. Like, 
regardless of what any of us may think of the actual story or the characters or whatever, Makoto Shinkai movies have two things in common that I think are universally loved, uh, the art and animation and the music. Yep. Yeah, like, so he does a lot of storytelling with backgrounds, which I love. I absolutely love He has some that. of the most detailed and gorgeous background art in anime, yeah. period. Like, I wouldn't say, no, no, that that belongs to Mira Sensei, but... Um... Oh, okay. <laughs> no, that, but well, like, that's up there. That's, that's manga. That's, up there. that's for manga. I'm talking about okay, an anime that's specifically. Okay. All right. But yeah, like, I, I always love how lived in his worlds look, especially mm. with this one, because it talks about... um. I guess no. I mean, it legit feels like the real world. It really does. It's like um, it feels extremely lived in, which I love. I absolutely adore that the movie feels lived in, just because like you you see so many anime that just don't care about small things that take you out of immersion, right? Like background art matters. Like it's like this in video games too. People really don't want to like talk about it because because the thing is, just like with audio, if your backgrounds aren't up to par people will notice but if they are people will not fucking notice and it's a fine line to to tout because it's like oh how much you know i don't want to spend too much on paying the background people and we don't want to put too much effort and time into making it however if it's bad people will definitely shit on us for it and that's something mm-hmm. you definitely can't say about makoto shinkai's films because his backgrounds always look lived in i loved all the weathered effects and stuff like that like it just it's about um ruined stuff, you know, like old places, the things gathered. And I'm just like, it looks fucking old. I love this. It's, uh, I love going it, into the city and seeing all the fucking skyscrapers and people walking around. There's actual other people in this universe. Oh, like, and there, there's a big difference because like part of this movie takes place. A lot of Makoto Shinkai's movies are this way where part of the movie will take place in a rural setting. And then another part will take place in a big city. Like, And yep. even in the background art, they look like completely different places. Yeah, as they which should. Is a great as they thing. Should. Yeah. I was reading an article once about Makoto Shinkai's like art style, particularly with his background art. And I th- it may have actually been a, an article on Crunchyroll. I can't remember. Um, but they compared it to how George Lucas did um, set design with Star Wars. And they made that, that used future look. And they called what Makoto Shinkai does the used present aesthetic. Ooh. Yeah, it just it's freaking awesome. No, dude. that actually sounds cool. that's actually and a right, really good yeah. comparison, I think. Yeah. Um, and that's that's the best way to describe it. All of Makoto Shinkai's artwork looks like it's he's creating a lived in world, which is something a lot of anime background artists don't do, sadly. I mean, I get it. Like, we're here for the main story, like who cares about the background? Hmm. But I just I just keep getting PTSD flashbacks to um Ghost in the Shell 2042. <laughs> like just literally plain background there's like the same fucking npcs walking around and just like dude you couldn't even spend like a fucking 15 minutes populating this and making it look which is good? like what which hell? is crazy because the original if you look at the original ghost in the shell movie from 95 one of the best things about that is its background art yeah i know with the, the used future yeah. shit like the um or not used, like the, it, the um, city that they're living in is falling apart <laughs> it's not it's not cyberpunk. It's um, there is a word like, for it, but eh? I forget what it is. Cyber noir or something like that. Cyber I noir. Oh, cyber that's noir. it. Yeah. No, cyber noir. That's it. That's what it's called. Yeah, it looks. I, mean, I, I love that look. Like so, to pay attention to the background, do stuff like that. Perfect. Great. Yeah. Uh, uh, the music in this one, I gotta say, not Radwimp's best. No, not at all. Uh, Natai has. I still think it was strong, but like. I, I, I think it was, it was pretty like I mean it's it's not bad and I, I don't think that the sound design was bad either like I loved the sound effects when we saw like stuff happening on screen hmm. but I wouldn't say that this was the best OST uh there's like one song it's Suzume the song Suzume from the soundtrack Suzume that's a good song that's about it in my I'm surprised opinion. they didn't have it being sung by Suzume <laughs> it's not a fucking um who's that other guy the guy who made Bell um uh, Mama or Hosoda? Hosoda. It's not a Hosoda yeah. film. <laughs> so he... <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Music composed by Kazuma Jinochi. Jinochi? I think that's how you say his name. Jinochi and Rad Wimps. <clears throat> uh, Kazuma is known for Star Wars Vision, Episode 5, The Ninth Jedi, Ultraman in 2019, Halo 5 Guardians. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. Yeah. Caught me off Which, guard as, well. as much as as much as John and I shit on Halo Five, the music is pretty good. Yeah, but like, bro, the 
We're Red versus it, Blue, the and the freaking just... video game. Red versus Blue, the video game. <laughs> oh my god. Freaking. Uh, There's a lot to like about, about Halo 5. The campaign is not one of those things. This no. isn't the Halo podcast. <laughs> Chill out. No, it's not, sadly. Um, yeah, I, I will say that one thing I did want to point out about the sound design in particular is like in the quieter scenes, like we there's actually stuff going on in the background that you can hear and like right. that's actually good to, to see like that that someone in the sound design group actually cared enough to put yeah. these like random sound effects that you'd hear in nature in the background that's something i also I really like want that to add on um, as well um the fact that like it's not just the world looks lived in it sounds like mm. a world uh that is living as well it's present it's constant it's not ever completely quiet. There is constantly something you're hearing, even if it's super silent. And I really appreciated that. And, you know, I one of the disconnects for this film is that they use a lot of old music for like, uh, I think it's like 90s or 80s music or something. Yep. Like mm -hmm. Japanese pop music and stuff like that. I, of course, I, I didn't live in Japan in the 80s or the 90s, and I don't really have strong feelings to the movie. So. I, I feel like I kind of missed out on that, like the feeling, the sense of nostalgia. The that was very pop. much a cultural uh, difference. Uh, that yeah, was that, right that's there. one of the things that I would say that the film is it it does it really well, but it's something I couldn't personally relate to. So I was like, it's kind of like, oh, well, I I don't really know these songs, and they're not really catchy. Like, um, you know, it would be actually pretty cool if the dub actually uh, put in more uh different songs for that that would i do want to ask so. a question I, I think so music licensing is very expensive so oh, yeah, <laughs> i think that's right. yeah um i do want to ask a question though um i did we all see this subbed yes i watched yes. is there okay. even a dub out yes In, yeah uh, okay. yeah that i had i had a dub uh showing i did okay i only had subbed around me so i didn't know if they actually had released it with a dub or not um, I actually have a feeling that's one of the reasons why it doesn't get uh, released uh, worldwide at once. They well, yeah. uh, wait for the dub to happen and then release it uh, everywhere together. I think that's a big part of the reason why there's usually like a four or five month gap between when it airs in Japan versus outside of Japan. Well, yeah, because you got licensing issues to deal with. Like, um, like for example, it. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Sony owns the IP for Spider-Man or did own it. They still own it, don't they? They still own it. They still Yeah, own they it. still own it like the Mal Morales collection and stuff like that. But, you know what else Sony owns? A shit ton of music. So in the uh Into the Spider-Verse, they're like, "Hey, we own all these licenses, so we're just going to use a bunch of Sony music label licensed songs in our movie to make it amazing." And it kind of enhanced the experience. Like uh Sunflower was a really good I really like that song. I I really liked Into the Spider-Verse because of that. So, I would assume that going into the Wayback Machine and trying to use licensed songs from the 80s and the 90s, it'd be a hell of a time to get those licenses to be able to play overseas. Because it's not yes. like, just because it's in a, a, a fucking movie doesn't mean the license automatically just expires. You just pay a one-time fee. It's like, no, they get a certain fee for where you release it. They have different things for international releases. So I understand there's a big Jesus. issue with that. Yeah, and then there's some Japanese music that can't be licensed overseas for legal reasons. So wait, what? Eh. Yeah, That's sometimes you just can't. It's not just Japanese music; it's just music in general. There's some like Indian yeah. music that you can't license outside of India. There's some uh, French music that you can't license outside of France. That's so yeah, there's, dumb. It, I music mean, licensing is a the... very music licensing yeah. is one of the biggest like legal cobwebs out there. Yeah, there's Good like freaking. Um, Ed Sheeran just won his case against the. Um, I am so happy about that. That was yeah. fucking wild. Yeah, like the whole trying to sue him over the chord progression. Like, oh, it's it's the same, and it's like, I mean, you can't license chord progressions. There's a finite amount of chord progressions. I've talked. I don't remember what episode we talked about it, but that's something that really irks me when people try to like. And I know it wasn't Marvin Gaye's family. I believe it's um, it was someone else. It was the people was, who worked with his. Uh... It's the people who helped write that song or something. Yeah, it's the yeah. other family. Yeah. It wasn't Marvin Gaye's family trying to sue him or his estate trying to sue. Um, I think it's. Uh, I think it's the, it was the son or the family of the one of the the co writer of that song. Yeah, I, and they're like known for doing this, which is like that's a damn shame because one, 
you should, and I'm glad it got struck down because you cannot license chord progressions. Literally, there's only a finite amount of chord progressions you can have that sound good in music. Like a couple hundred thousand, about, just about. And within that, there's only a, like, I'd say a couple hundred, maybe even thousand chord progressions that sound good together. It's to explain it to people who don't necessarily understand this it's like if a company tried to uh copyright or uh license the color red like oh companies have tried that no no exactly exactly. no but like to explain it in simpler terms uh that's basically what what that uh case is paramount to i mean so incredibly uh, so so i know coca-cola has tried to license coca-cola red Yep, they have tried in, in Italy. Uh, Ferrari has a license to uh, actual legal license to a specific shade of red that they use for their cars. Yeah, it's called Ferrari it's red. called Ferrari red. Yeah, but that's different because that's car paint. Mm. Like RGB value colors, we should not be able to license. Like there, because it's there's again a certain amount from zero to two fifty five on an RGB scale of red, green, blue that you can make color. You should mm-hmm. not be able to license that. However, what, if I made it into a shade of paint, then that's kind of proprietary knowledge. Because like Fer- Ferrari gets away with it because it's not only the shade of the color that they have licensed, it's how that paint is made that they license. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like oh, the means okay, that, to produce yeah. this paint is kind of something you can license. Mm-hmm. It's like I can only make this shade of paint in this certain way, so I can license it. So if you find out a way to make Ferrari red without doing it the same way they do, as long as you don't infringe upon like I think it's like forty percent or something of the way that they do it, you can technically have that color too. Yeah, with, with I mean, Ferrari, it's like as long as you the, with Ferrari's license, it's making a paint with these specific ingredients, this specific way that produces this specific color. Yeah. So if you can make that color without sharing forty percent of their process and ingredients, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I don't know. They have a shit ton of money. They'll sue the copyright fuck out of you. and licensing is such a legal minefield. I, swear. I know, right? And it's like, ugh, man. So yeah, this is probably why uh, a lot of movies don't get released domestically because it's hard to make back that money. And it honestly, I when I first saw the premise for Suzume, I was just like, in the trailer, he turns into a chair, turns into funniest, a fuck chair. More funniest easy. shit I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, what the fuck is this movie? There's yeah. no way it's going to be good. So when I, I first this. saw the trailer, can I just say, when I with the very first trailer I ever saw about this, of course, it was like a teaser trailer, so it didn't show very much. It gave off the appearance of, like, this was going to be a movie about, a, you know, a female main character going through, like, memories and, like, experiencing nostalgia and realizing that, like, uh, the past is something that you shouldn't forget, but you shouldn't also live in. That's what I thought it was oh, going to be about. So you mean your name and whether yeah. with you? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> which is why I was never Literally really excited for themes. <laughs> which is why I never thought like, I was never super excited to go see this movie. Yeah, and like so when I first uh, my first experience of the trailer was I don't remember who made the the video on YouTube it's like he turns into a chair this summer. Rob Schneider <laughs> is a chair. <laughs> and I that's that was my first like watch through of the trailer. I was like, I love this. I love whoever made this because like this seems like a ridiculous so cool. fucking movie. Also, and that was my say, only knowledge about Suzume prior I will say to like massive, massive a missed opportunity to have Danny DeVito voice the chair. Oh <laughs> Jesus Christ. No. I, I massive oh. missed opportunity. Oh, I'll man. say the very first teaser I saw, like, way long ago, I watched it and was like, the fuck is going on in this movie? I had no clue what was going on. I... She opens a door, and the boy turns into a chair. <laughs> no, the way you got like, your neck going back, you happening? look like the valley girl when you do that, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I wasn't planning to watch this movie until, I believe it was Natai who watched it. It was like, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to be out on date night with uh, my girl anyway, and we're going to be next to a movie theater, and it just so happens to be playing where I was going to be around. So I was like, fuck it, I'll, I'll go watch it, and we'll see what's up, because he was like, you know what? It wasn't bad. And I was like, okay, that's a that's a respectable opinion to have, because I absolutely hated weathering with you, 
So, <laughs> I mean, you know, if Natai says that, me and him have pretty similar tastes when it comes to, like, watching stuff. So, mm. I'm like, I can take his his opinion, his word. So, I decided to go watch it. And um, there are some things I like and some things I don't like, but that's spoiler territory. And I don't know if we want to yeah. get into that just yet. Uh, I mean, I'm ready to get into the meat of things here. Well, I will yeah, say oh kind of I will say non-spoilery here that yes, a major theme of this movie that's muddled behind like 15 layers of unnecessary rom-com bullshit um Wasn't is the fact much, of okay. it, it is the fact of like, you know, remembering where you came from but not living in the past. Yeah? That's yeah, no. that's pretty much it. I mean, it's very nostalgia heavy, but yes. um, it doesn't rely on it. And it does have a lot of very common Makoto Shinkai tropes where it comes to like how characters interact with each other. It's also right. got that uh, traditional Makoto Shinkai humor of X happens, pause, something explodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say yeah. the CGI looks really good too. I, I did not mind oh, it the CGI. Gorgeous. And yeah. there isn't a whole lot of it. There, there was less of it than I thought there would be uh, given some worms. of the action sequences that there are. Yeah. Also, right. the I will say the cat, the cat like creature thing in it, which I know is supposed to be some kind of a mascot type character for this movie. It's just that a one... cat version of a pug. <laughs> what? That's, so the I, eyes I are know. bugging out like it's a fucking alien, Chinoda. It does kind of look not... like a Ghibli cat. Not going to lie. It does. It really does. <laughs> look at Makoto Shinkai. He's trying to dip into the Ghibli funds now, dude. <laughs> My man's I can making plans. I can imagine like Makoto Shinkai's hand just going into the the, the Ghibli cookie jar, and you just see Hayao Miyazaki's hand go, "No, mine. <laughs> <laughs> Nature's my domain. Nature is my domain, bitch." It really is, though. Like, have you seen his movies? They're all about nature. All of his movie, all of Hayao Miyazaki's movies are about like environmentalism and like being in peace with nature, exactly yep. in some way. All right. Uh, NPR so, actually did a whole thing about it. If uh, you've made it this far, thanks for uh, listening. I think that if you want to watch Suzume, you should go right ahead. That's just my take. Like I hmm. fully agree. I think it's definitely worth the watch. Form opinions after that, but it is definitely worth watching. My opinion is, if you've seen uh, Your Name and Weathering with You, you've seen this movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right to the meat alex you're wrong and yeah. you should hate we're, yourself we're getting right, click into, away click away we're going spoilers now spoilers. we are getting into spoiler territory so can, since we brought up the cat can i can i talk about the cat okay okay, okay. Yeah, no, i want to say real quick every fucking time i heard suzume i got so fucking creeped out i got goosebumps i was like fuck i hate yeah that they thing. brought in an actual kid to voice the damn cat yeah um I don't understand the point of the cat. I really don't. It's um. What so, do you mean? It was. They literally said it. It, it was. They talk it, about the, what the cats uh, are Keystone. in the movie, dude. Yeah. I, I think that they're ancient the, gods the, that acted as as um, anchor points. Yeah, yeah anchor keystones, points. anchor points to keep the worms from destroying the earth. And basically, every single natural disaster that ever happened in in our world mm. was because of the worms escaping. And that's I guess like my, the point of like the, is, um, what did he call him? Gatekeeper? What 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 uh, did yeah. the guy? The keystones, name? keystones. No, his uh, the role of him and his family. They were like oh, gatekeepers um, or something. Um, yeah, is got, they had an actual I, title. Yeah, they, they had do, an actual I, I, like I, keykeeper I or something. Yeah, but it is is something like that. I guess my real question about the cat is why does it pretend to be evil through half of the movie? It doesn't pretend to be evil. It it's. Honestly, I mean, doing cat-like things. Uh, it's because, obviously, it's supposed to be a, a younger god. And it likes Suzume because Suzume is the one who unleashed it. <laughs> like, okay, first, let me talk about the beginning of the goddamn movie where Rob Schneider turns into a goddamn chair, okay? <laughs> let me... Hot guy shows up. He's a drifter in your rural town. Also, let, heading... let, me, let me be clear. That guy's mid at best. Let's be honest. He wasn't even that hot. He was cute. All right. Oh, and that's not even hot. the gross part. No, no, no. no. He is no that's Koyomi not most, That's not the most problematic thing. I'll oh get to that God. later. But, all right. This guy, this stranger with long hair, drifter in your town, shows up in your rural nowhere town. He walks up past you and he goes to the, the fucking flood site. What's your first thought here? 
oh, he's kind of cute. Should I should follow him. Or, huh, that's weird. Maybe I should get to school. Well, if you chose number one, you're fucking crazy. Because who the fuck does that, Suzume? Yeah. Who the, who in the right goddamn, oh, he's kind of hot. I should follow him to those ruins. Like, what? Anyway, I hate, oh, bro. When I first, I literally, when we got to the theater, we got there kind of late. So I got there where she was talking about that. So I was like confused. I was like, wait, why is she even following him? Like, I don't understand what's happening here. And I was like, uh, did I miss something? Why is she even like following him at all? And nope, it's literally just, oh, he's kind of hot. I wonder what he's doing there. I should follow him. Like, what? What? See, I didn't I didn't get that uh from that. She scene. literally says he's kind of hot. Yeah, and then follows I him. I, I don't feel like that's the reason she followed him though. But that's what she does the reasoning she gives us. He's kind of hot. I wonder why he he's said, going to that disaster not... site. I don't know. Oh I feel God. like it was it felt a lot more of natural curiosity and I mean, concern. yeah, I'd be pretty curious too I if someone showed up to my yeah, town be, that I didn't recognize curious. and then they yeah. went to the disaster site. Like, but my first thought would be like, I wonder why he's going there. Then I'd ask other people, hey, did you see this weird guy? He went to the disaster site. Anyone know anything about that? Or I just not, go on I with my fucking day. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what kind of woman naturally goes, that guy's kind of hot. Maybe I should follow him. Because the plot needs any to happen, John. The plot needs to happen, John, and character are, agency isn't a like big that, deal for Makoto Shinkai. Well, I, I refuse to believe that. She's not even a woman. She's a girl. She's like 16. All right? Yeah, and the most he's... problematic thing is this dude is graduating college. He's like 22 or something. He's like 21 or 22. He's in his early 20s. He's in his 20s, and this girl is 16. This is problematic. I do want to point out 16 is the age of consent in in Japan. So Yeah, they just raised it from 14 to 16. I know. Or 13 to 16. But still, kind of weird. However, <laughs> no, I do know, I do know that in rural places, things like that happen. For example, back in my mountain village, back in the old country, it's pretty <laughs> normal to get married and have kids when you're like 13 or 14. So I do understand that if you come from rural bumfuck nowhere... This is just how it is, okay? I do get that. This kid is from the city. He should know better. <laughs> just saying. Allegedly. Allegedly, he's from the city. We don't actually know that's where he's originally from. He's from it's Tokyo. He, lives. he lives in Tokyo. Uh, now, I just, I don't know. And the, he's the studying whole... to be a goddamn teacher. That's that's the most problematic thing. Is, yeah, you don't think that's no. a little problematic? Hey, I'm studying to no, be a fucking teacher. I'm going to date a it fucking 16-year-old. Also, that's something else that... I, and maybe John and I were talking about this beforehand, and maybe you agree with me. Like, the whole romance element of the romance... Like, they meet, and like three days later, they're fucking in love. I'm talking about Romeo and Juliet shotgun marriage. Uh, okay, I'll be real. I felt no romance from this. Uh, right? Movie. Okay, I, I, I What are you talking this. about, Alex? I felt no romance from it at all like it Dude. came a lot later towards like the very end of the movie after it shouldn't uh, have been in there happened. at all but no but like, like there were like minimum hints here and there but it didn't go for a romance aspect i yeah, don't know what like, you're talking in, in about the, alex so there in was the very like a beginning. romance plot so in the very beginning, there's the fact that Suzume is just interested in this guy because she's like, oh, he's kind of hot. Like, she kind of develops a crush on him. Okay. Then he turns into a fucking chair. <laughs> and then she sits on his face. Oh, my God. That was so funny. I actually, I, again, with literally every other Makoto Shinkai film that I've talked about, pick a fucking lane, Makoto Shinkai. <laughs> God damn. Focus on either the romance plot or focus on the Suzume area. Either one would have been fine. You just have to focus on it. Don't do this mix and match bullshit. Because I really... All right. I'm going to be honest with you. I cried at this movie. Oh, my God. I actually did cry. Okay. Will we get to the end? Because Suzume has to deal with the loss of her mother, right? She's living with her aunt in the countryside. Yeah, and... trauma, baby! Yeah, she's a... Whoo! So, like, she lost her mom in the um, tsunami, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. Or earthquake. Yeah. yeah, it was a tsunami, yeah, the, I believe. Yeah, the, the Tohoku uh, tsunami. Yeah, so she lost her mom, and uh, the boy gets cursed, or boy, the man. He's not a boy. He's a man. He gets cursed <laughs> and turned into a chair, and that chair was like Suzume's mom made that chair for her. 
and it was just like dude when, when we get to the end where she's in that altar world and she has to save herself her younger self and it's like she has to learn she's learning to let go of the past like she has to let go of her mom because it's been so long she has to live in the present i fucking cried oh yeah, god no, i bawled i fucking bawled because i was like this is a beautiful plot i love this why didn't we focus on this the entire time makoto shinkai you mean the, the thing fact- with the daughter and her mother yes yeah. the trauma yeah, absolutely like so however i will say that in typical makoto shinkai fashion he does hint to her getting over it by going on this adventure because when she's going through and all the people in the um in the royal towns are like she's just a girl she's she's going through that that time in her life she needs to find herself right Mm -hmm. so this journey that she actually goes on this adventure that she goes on is actually part of how she gets over her trauma and so that part is actually pretty good i actually really did like that i just would have liked it more if you were gonna fucking shoehorn this romance plot into there that the guy actually did something to help her with that other than suzume we gotta catch the cat suzume i have a I have so I have a thing about that. So I was thinking about it after the movie. I've been thinking about it for the last like week and a half. It's like, how would I make this movie better? And I agree, focusing on like the trauma and the loss and the nostalgia of the daughter and her mother would have been a far better angle to do this. And I think you can keep a lot of the same stuff in there. Like have the dude be some kind of like traveling mystic or something, whatever bullshit. And he's trying to find these like doors throughout the the world that actually let you relive past memories and help you get over trauma. And that's what they go do. They go try and find these doors. And every time she goes through it, she has to relive a memory and actually face her trauma. That would have been a much more fun story to watch. I mean, fun. It would have been amazing if it was like that. I would have loved that. Forget and, the whole like, like world ending worm fucking earthworm gym aspect bullshit. Like that stuff was so bad. Like just make it this this singular like character study of a woman trying to get over the trauma of losing her mother. That would have that would have been like akin to um uh, five centimeters. What is it is it the Bechdel test? Is that what it's called when it's like there needs to be at least two women on screen? For more than like not talking about minutes. a man, yeah, not talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. a man oh, or yeah. things that men do for ten minutes. That's yeah. the Bechdel test. Yeah, does Susan May pass the Bechdel test? I don't think it does. <laughs> no, because within the first two minutes, she's seeing a man and going. <laughs> Need I say more? Like, and honestly, yeah. so there was there was an interview that Makoto Shinkai did a few weeks ago where he was talking about like the early development process of this movie and the original like concept was going to be about um Suzume f- being in a relationship with one of her other female classmates and him going on this adventure together. And I think even if you did that, kind of could have worked. That could have so worked. I, I feel it like been like a sisterhood of the traveling pants kind of shit. I mean, I would have liked that quite a lot because if especially if it's someone his her classmate that's grown up with her and knows that she had she lost her mom you'd have much more of a reason to like there are multiple routes we could have explored that could have enhanced the rom-com aspect and also the trauma aspect we could have like it could have been written a lot better and a lot of the movie revolves around nostalgia and remembering the things that have happened and having to move forward so it is thematic to do what uh makoto shinkai did in this film but I feel like a lot of it is nostalgia baiting because like using the licensed music from the, the 70s and the 80s, um, doing the whole like fucking road trip sequence like that okay. to me felt like I, I, I have I, something I to say about on. that. Okay, go oh, ahead, Alex. Hold on. There was a point in this movie where I, I saw the setup to the joke and I said, surely he's not going to do this. And my God, they did it. You remember the, the part where they're driving along and the dude takes his eyes off the road while he's talking to uh, Susan May's aunt, right? And yeah. like they have that, that sequence where they drive off the road into the ditch. I knew the second that they did, number one, that the airbag was going to go off. And number of course, two, as always. And number two, from before when, the, uh, when they st- it started raining <laughs> the and cover. the roof wouldn't work, the second they crashed the car, the roof would go back on. I knew the <laughs> second that happened, it was going to happen. I, I love that part, though. I was just like, because Chekhov's gun, right? Like, they had to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually did like that. I, like, I knew the airbags were going to go off. It's like, of course. Makoto Shinkai, you bastard. I knew you were going to do that. I mean, it was good it, though. I like that's it. just basic writing though. If you have any experience in it at all, whether also, you're a reader or the, writer, 
it's easy to there tell. is the mm-hmm. most blatant example of deus ex machina writing right after that scene i've ever seen in any anime movie ever <laughs> oh she shit, just look a bike <laughs> she just happens to find an abandoned bike right next to where they crash yeah, like, <laughs> the chains aren't rusted up and locked in place even though they've been sitting here that it's gotten overgrown with weeds like sure dude sure bikes are like that it's literally not how any of that works, but yeah. That is yeah. the most blatant Deus Ex Machina writing I've ever seen. Yeah, and then like, so the, even the reason why Suzume falls in love with the guy, like, there are, I, I counted about four scenes where I'm like, okay, this is something that could have been why she fell in love with him. When she when he's playing around with the kids, right? Mm. At, when he's the chair and he plays around with the kids, like, oh, he's showing fatherly love, whatever. Uh, he literally saves her like two or three times, I believe. Like, when yep. he didn't have to, but he does. So I, I'm like, okay, these are plot points where you could be like, okay, this is how it turns from an infatuation crush into like, I love this girl. But there's no reason for him to love her. No, there isn't. No. Other than he he gets saved by her at the end. But I'm like, but throughout the entire story, you didn't really find anything to love about her. Other than she's kind of just going along with you. Like I feel like a uh, part of it is going along with the whole suspension bridge effect kind of thing. Yeah, I, I felt like that too. I'm just like, okay, they saved each other a couple times, so I guess they like each other. But I just, I wanted Makoto Shinkai to just focus more. I love, again, Suzume's story to me was very impactful and very strong. Like when she goes to the other world and she finds her tiny self lost in the snow and then like she uh, gets saved by some person who gives her the chair and it's actually her from the future. I was just like, okay, first of all, Harry Potter did this like 10 years ago, dude. Like, you're ripping <laughs> off Harry Potter now? Like, what the fuck? You know, he fucking Patronus, right? Like, it's my dad. It's a deer. It's like, no, it's just you in the future coming to the past. But anyway. Also, uh, uh, Araki did this in JoJo's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, again, it was a very impactful scene because it's her from the future realizing this is what happened in the past and her unlocking the memories and stuff. But it's about her getting over her trauma and telling her, like, it's going to be okay. And I'm just like, oh, that broke my heart. I was like, poor Suzume. Because it if anyone's ever lost anyone near and dear to their heart, someone who's like a mother to them or their actual mother, like if you have ever been loved by someone who's taking care of you by themselves like that, you've lost them. It, it hurts, dude. It fucking hurts. You don't get over that overnight. You'd be fucking 20 years later. You still probably won't be over it. And so to me, that was a very impactful scene. I, I loved that writing. I wanted to see more of that. I wanted the entire movie yeah. to just revolve around that. I did the too. Whole. And you can weave rom-com into that, Makoto Shinkai. You can. Uh, you could have done it way better by doing, You could have know. even done it with a lesbian relationship with a classmate if you really wanted to. Yeah, it would have been fine. Like, I, I don't understand why you chose the key keeper. He had zero relation to her. There's no reason for him to like Suzume. Uh, and that's one of the other biggest problems I have with it. Like, I don't understand why i understand why suzume likes him right new guy he's kind of cute and he's done some heroic things right he's he's done enough for me to be like okay believable that suzume falls in love with this guy no reason at all for him to fall in love with her zero Hmm. none i thought like if you really wanted to weave a like a romance element into it i think it actually would have worked better with an actual classmate and they had to go on this journey with with the Susan May, you could still have like the key keeper as some kind of like guide or whatever on this journey, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like that class, and then have them had slowly it, realize had a prior that, investment. Yeah. Yeah. And then have again, them realize they slowly up with over the they course. understand that she's been dealing with this. And there's yeah. just, I wish Makoto Shinkai would have focused more on the human element other yes. than like, I like agree. The mystic stuff. Like I, again, I thought the Warren stuff was kind of cool. I love the altar world. That was really cool. You know, I, I did like those as plot points. However, focusing more on like, oh, look at this world eventing event thing. Here are the places of major disasters. Remember this happened? Remember this house, this fire that happened at this gym? I'm like, or this landslide. Was it a landslide? I think it was like a landslide. Landslide, yes. Landslide, yes. Yeah, like I like I think your idea of she had to relive past memories or something while going through those doors to like resolve the doors would have been a great idea to explore more of Suzume's life. And However, even the, the, the I do thing understand of the final that. door she goes through being at her old house, like that was thematically great. Yeah, it would have been amazing if that last door was like every other part of her life. She had to do something similar, right? Because they had the whole I felt it was so out of pocket to do the whole like my aunt's taking care of me, but I think she hates me when the aunt gets possessed by the big black cat. And she's like, 
says all those evil, hateful things. Like they were from the bottom of her heart. Like she did feel resentful, right? About her aunt. I, I get or her aunt felt resentful about taking Suzume in because like, gosh, this is my sister's kid. I spent my life taking care of her and she's not even grateful. And I'm like, this is great. I love this because mm. this is something that Suzume does need to, to fucking face. The fact that your aunt took care of you when she didn't have to, it's not like you asked her to, but she did this out of the kindness of her heart. Yeah. This should have been more about their bond. I wanted to see the human element here would have been so great, but it's just ruined by the fact that we had to go close these goddamn doors. Haven't you <laughs> fucking heard of, <laughs> haven't you ever heard of closing the goddamn door? Goddamn door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I kind of want to, I want to title this review that now. <laughs> Don't do it. Brandon Yuri's going to sue us. <laughs> but I, I also can't okay, get swearing so... in the titles on YouTube. <laughs> So I actually have to say the nostalgia of the movie is part like I can understand why you guys don't like that and like want the focus to be more on the human part. I can understand that and to a point I do agree with it, but I do feel the nostalgia of uh, the movie, which is concentrated on the civilizations uh, uh, that used to be there, the people, the villages, the cities, towns, whatever, um, that were abandoned due to natural disaster, uh, one reason or another. And I, I feel like that's also a very important aspect of the movie. And Yeah, that's I the main personally... focus that Makoto Shinkai wanted no. to do. I yeah. got that. And, and I feel like I appreciate the fact that he did focus on that instead of just the human elements and don't get me wrong i love the human elements of course i wish there was more of it but at the same time i love the other aspect of it i truly enjoyed that uh outlook and that um uh, recall uh necessity i feel like the what chinoda just described is why a lot of people like this movie it's not yeah. necessarily because of the story it's because of the feeling that they get while yeah, they no, watch it, it. Like I said, I, I actually do like this film, <laughs> surprisingly enough, even though I'm complaining about the plot. Uh, my most issue with most Makoto Shinkai movies after five centimeters per second is the plot, because it's like there's so many things you could have done better that you don't do anymore. Hmm. Like I, I absolutely yeah. adore five centimeters per second. It's his best movie. It Honestly, it is. Unquestionably, it's his best movie. But I do... So I'm going to read what Natai wrote. He says, you don't have to read this. Well, tough <laughs> well, luck, buddy. Fuck, <laughs> like, fucking, tough fucking You're getting wrecked, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to read this, right? He says, beautiful background art. Found the ruins aspect of the movie really compelling, especially after reading how Shinkai was influenced by the massive earthquakes that destroyed parts of Japan. Aside from the movie that... Aside from that, the movie just felt like a fun adventure summer blockbuster. Nothing more, nothing less. Unfortunately, the romance felt forced and it should have been a platonic relationship. Also, probably the weakest Radwim's OST in a Shinkai film thus far. I yeah. agree with him. I think that this was a fun time to watch this movie. I, I Like I said, I still like the feeling I felt when I watched the movie. I, I absolutely adored the whole confronting her past self and letting learning to let go and live in the present. I just wanted to see more of that. Um, I also agree that this is probably the weakest Radwim's OST so far. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I mean, it's Susan May is still a good song. It's not bad. But, uh, yeah, I found the ruined aspect thing compelling as well. Like, the whole nostalgia thing and looking to the past, like, at these disasters, I liked that. All and of the gates they setting. visit are in ruins. Yeah, and it's like, here are the major events that happened here. And I like the fact that thematically, like, this may have happened, but it didn't slow anyone down. P society still prospered. People build over and people for, like, Life went move on. on. Yeah, I, I, again, beautiful. This is a very it's compelling story to tell. I just wish she did it better, Makoto Shinkai. <laughs> the funny thing is that as you um, as you go on, the gates that they visit get more and more removed from everyday life. So, like, the first ones that they visit are overlooking a town. They're, like, on a hill above a town. So you can kind of see them if you just look up. And then the yeah. ones, the one, the second one they go to in the uh, the old amusement park, it's kind of been overgrown by trees around it. So you can really only see the top of it from from yeah. where you know from the rest of the city around it and then you go to the one in tokyo it's buried completely under the city no one sees it well what about the one that was in uh the mountain uh, the high school, school. Yeah. yeah that was the mudslide one that's true that's the mudslide one and that was kind of out of the way too yeah that it was, was over in, out of the uh, it was in the mountain so it's like it it, I believe... it was like surrounded by mountains i think yeah because it went uh i'm pretty sure it went the city that's right next to it where the ruins were literally uh on top 
And then yep. I believe the mountain one was after that, right? Or is it the Ferris yeah. wheel one? Yeah. I, I don't remember. Was, which I can't, one was I can't remember which one was. It was one of those two that was second. It's second and third. But those are the two that were second and third. And then you go to the city one in Tokyo, and it's like it's no underground one because they built over. Yeah, like each yeah. of the gates get older and older. And then we get like to the final one, subway which is tunnel. like, yeah. And the last one was Suzume's gate, which was like, bro. Yeah. I honestly, I I love that last. The last twenty minutes of Suzume were really fucking good. Honestly, like, that I want been to, the whole movie. I want to forgive all of the prior transgressions just because of how good that end sequence was with Suzume and like confronting the past. I because ah oh, god, dude, it hit. I just wish that it had been so the hard. Whole movie. I really wish that had been the whole movie of her just confronting her trauma, confronting the past decisions that she's made, and having to not not uh forget them but get over them yeah and that's why i say makoto shinkai pick a fucking lane <laughs> choose one story to focus on dude do suzume's thing or do the whole learning to forgive and forget and nature whatever thing do one of them don't combine also, them into this mix mash if you're going to have a romance element to your story between the two main characters make it develop across the whole movie not the last third honestly though well it was one-sided the first two-thirds and then yeah. the last third I, I again i don't understand why he what does he see in suzume other than oh i gave up my life for her and she came back for me i'm like that was one thing again one suspension, thing suspension bridge uh, effect that, that that's that's I, all that's I gotta be of. it i mean that's really the only thing i can think of too yeah well that's... um i I mean, I'm fine wrapping it up here. Like, I, I got nothing yeah. else to Wait, say. Like, hold on, hold on. Real quick. I, I got to ask you guys. What did you think of the kaiju battle? Dude, the kaiju battle was awesome. Like, what? <laughs> that, was actually, bro, that was cool. Bro, when the cat fucking grew into the giant yeah. size and started duking out, I was like, yo, kaiju yo, battle. Kaiju battle, let's go. <laughs> honestly, kind of made me want to see how uh, Makoto Shinkai would do like a Godzilla battle. Well, Makoto Shinkai makes the next Gojira Godzilla movie. movie. I would, I'd be there for it, man. Actually, you know what? He should team up with um, um, what's his name? Evangelion dude. Um, Hideki Ano. Ano. Oh. Uh, he should oh. team up with Ano to do Shin Evangelion Part Two. Oh, or not even uh, Shin Godzilla Part Two. I mean, no. Oh my god, the worst crossover cool. episode I've ever seen in my life, dude. That would uh, be so Shin Godzilla cool. was good though. Oh, I love Shinkai. No, I'm it's talking about the crossover favorites. that you want to make. <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> uh, I think that it could be drawn really well. <laughs> I'd love to see them collaborate, actually. That would be really cool. It would be very like depressing. Different... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be it would be very well drawn depression, but it would be depression. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about in the movie? Um I we can we can talk about our scores. Um so uh Chinoda, what do you give this? I give this the highest score out of ACAD, an 8 out of 10. I firmly believe this was a damn good film. Uh, some plot contrivances here and there. Some? As, <laughs> some? some? Yes, some. Oh, some. you mean? It wasn't that. Oh, my God. Wasn't my dude, that. there was a, there was a perfectly off. functional bike right next to a car wreck. I don't know what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. Just enjoy the journey, man. All the As fucking MacGuffins. Said, it's a movie. good don't, summer journey. <laughs> to quote, to quote uh, a red letter media, don't ask questions. Just consume product. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I uh, liked it. Uh, go watch it, please. <laughs> and Natai has rated it a 6 out of 10. Uh, but he does. No, he, he did it he six, said, out it 6 out of 10. Oh, yeah, he did. But he does say it was a fun uh, summer adventure blockbuster fun adventure summer blockbuster there we go i can read um <laughs> uh, i gave it a, I, honestly speaking i think it's a seven out of ten like I, i'm pretty sure i rated your name about the same um it's not as good as your name because the ost isn't as good but i think just the setting alone and like the whole suzume aspect like her exploring herself and you know forgiving herself and learning to you know learning to to let go of things in the past and live in the present I, I really liked it. I love this plot. This is probably his agree? strongest plot thus far. I just wish I saw more of it. Can, can we all agree that the best uh, OST for the last three Shinkai films is your name? Of course. <laughs> Hands yeah, down, yeah, your name is the yeah, best OST, yeah. dude. <laughs> it's not even close. It's not even close. 
um i gave this the lowest score out of all of us um i wrote down four out of ten but it's really like a 4.5 and it's like it's edging towards that five out of ten don't um, do a point just choose one fucking number don't be a little bitch if, if i'm being honest i'll say a five out of ten even though i wrote down four because like it, it's it's certainly not the worst anime movie i've ever seen but after having seen your name and weathering with you like Let's move on, Shinkai. Let's let's. let's, let's I know you can do better the than trilogy. this. We're we're done I, with the trilogy now, Shinkai. You can do something completely. If, if he does another movie, because I, I have to imagine he's going to do another movie after this, at, you know, in the next four or five years. If it's if it's going along the same thing, like this dude's a con man at this point. He's not a movie maker. <laughs> he's found his niche. Yeah, and I he's mean, exploiting the well, hell out of it. I mean, honestly speaking, does it matter what we say though? Because like he's still raking oh, in cash, not. like not forty million less than his matters. Like, and it, I, like, like I said, I feel like a lot of people wa- uh, watch and, and enjoy this for the reason that Chinoda mentioned. It's like that that nostalgia heavy themes, um, and I think a lot of people really gravitate towards that. And I don't blame them. Um, I feel like if if you go in like not expecting a whole lot, and then you experience that nostalgia kick. You're probably gonna like this. Holy shit! Um, I'm I'm looking at the rotten. I, first of all, I hate Rotten Tomatoes. I don't trust their score. Uh, the, the critic side and, or the uh, audience side or both. I'd say I trust the audience side more than I trust the uh, critic side. I never trust the critics. The critics freaking said that. Um, the critics that Netflix, have an art degree up their ass. That's the problem. They watched that Netflix Netflix pedophile thing that Sneeko defends. Cuties. Uh, Cuties. Cuties. The critics yeah. rated Cuties super highly, so I I, I cannot listen to them. But oh, they fuck ninety six percent and ninety eight percent. That's crazy. I mean, that's pretty close. Really? I mean, I, I see why people like it. I don't think it's a bad film at all. Like, I I liked it more than Weathering with You. Oh, if I mean, I'm yeah, I would say if I'm honest. If I'm, if I'm comparing these three movies, I would say it would probably go Your Name, then this, then Weathering With You. Yeah, I'm more Suzume than Your Name, if I'm being honest. Really? I like the, because... prim- I like the, the, the potential of Suzume more than Your Name. Yeah, I, I just feel like Your Name, because it has such an amazing soundtrack, is why I like, I like Your Name. That's mm. why. Because I, I, I'm always... I do rank story above all else. Like, if the story isn't good, I don't like it. Right. Mm. And then there's the rest, you know, here's sound effects right after. And here's like animation. I I view animation as pretty low on my priority list. <laughs> Surprisingly yeah. enough. Um, Yeah, I, I feel like to me, this is just it, it's OK. It's nothing special. I certainly wouldn't go pay to see it again. Um, I, I'd be hard pressed to pay to see another movie again. I, I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> Not like my yeah, mom. Yeah, the theater which goes experience Titanic like three times in a row. The theater <laughs> experience isn't what it once was, it, sadly. Um, but it is nice to see more and more anime movies getting theatrical releases like this. So okay, um, so I'm checking on IMDb and it's got a 7.8 on that. See, that's respectable. Okay. I can understand yeah. that as a score. Okay. Okay. So um, from what it looks like, majority of people uh, actually like it as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I looked at uh, on Mal. It's got like an 8.4, I think, on Mal. So oh, yeah, I don't trust Mal high. either, though. <laughs> like, Mal is one of those places, you know. I know with movies, I trust the ratings on movies more than than shows on Mal. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's it. That's our review of um, Suzume. Let us know what you thought about the movie if you've seen it down below. Um, I think that's about it. Unless you guys have anything else before I wrap this up. No. Yeah. No. All right. Well, in that case, thank you all out there for dropping in to uh, watch us. Check the description down below where you can find links to Anime Club After Dark on Twitch, on social media, and on Discord. We also have a uh, merch store linked down below. Any purchases you make there do really, really help us out. Also, yes, yes, down there. Um, also, if you liked it, give us a like. Uh, like I said, let us know what you think. Um, share it around. Subscribe if you want to see more. I should really do that more and more because like, apparently you have to tell people that or they don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah people like, like people it share what it they, what to do uh but with that i have been your host alex and i will see you next time say good night guys bye turn him <laughs> got turned into a chair morty funny shit i ever <laughs> seen, shit I ever seen. <laughs> seriously though that trailer that i <laughs> this summer rob schneider turns into a chair
I'm telling you, we a huge missed opportunity in the dub to get Danny DeVito to do the chair. <laughs> then you could just the, the very first thing he says is just look right at this camera and goes, chairs are badass. <laughs> 